0: Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest, Michael Unbroken. Michael is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, international speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. In this episode, we dive into how to own your own story instead of it owning you, why leadership starts with vulnerability, and how to stand out by aligning your brand and personal values. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together, we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome, welcome to the show. I am extremely excited to have special guest Michael Unbroken on the show. Michael, welcome to the show.
1: Jeff, I'm fired up, brother. Let's go.
0: All right. All right. So let's, I don't think we're going to need a lot of energy, but let's, let's do some power breathing and a power boom to get that energy level amped up even more. So we're going to do three breaths in. I define a power breath in through the belly up through the chest. We'll raise our hands. Go ahead and breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Final breath in. And out. And out. All right. Now I'm going to count down three, two, one. We're going to yell boom at the top of our lungs, pound our chest in three, two, one, and boom. Boom. There you go. go. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So I know we were talking a little bit before we jumped on, but morning habits, rituals, routines are so vital to success. I'd love to hear what are a few things you do right when you wake up that, that points you down that path towards success.
1: Yeah, man, the, the the I think that the first 10 seconds of your day are the most important 10 seconds of your day. And people are always like, routine, routine, routine. Well, I'm like, are you setting yourself up for success the moment you get out of bed? The very first thing I do, Jeff, I don't care where I am in the world, what time it is when I get out of that bed, I put my two feet on the ground, I put my shoulders back, I take a breath and I say, I am in control of my life. That is everything because look, if you're starting your day off, the first thing that you do, you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go and email, you already failed. It's too late. You already failed. Now you can get back from that, but you know what? You got to use that as data. So I put my feet on the ground. I say, I am control of my life. I go have my water. I start making my coffee. I stretch. I sit on the couch. I read, right? I read a paperback book in the morning, just starting like connect my brain and my body. I meditate. If it's a gym day, I get my pre-workout in, I go hit the gym. If it's not a gym day, I go for a long walk and then I shower and I sit down, I get to work. That is my same day, my same routine, my same two hours. It's a little bit longer for me than I think a lot of people. And that's how I start my day every single day, no matter what.
0: I love it. And I love how you, the moment the alarm clock goes off, you take that breath because breathing is so automatic, but yet so powerful, right? And, and then you declare, hey, I am in control of my life. And so many people, to your point, are jumping on social media, checking email, and they're playing defense rather than offense. And (laughs) I coach both my sons in in basketball. I know how defense can be exhausting. And that's why people are tired. They're exhausted. They're stressed at the end of the day. So love how you, uh, you start that day out with with that declaration, right? When you wake up that, Hey, I am in control of my life. That's, uh, that's awesome. So Michael, tell, tell the, uh, tell the listeners and the people that are watching live uh, a little bit about your, your backstory, and then we'll dive into really, you know, how to own your story instead of your story owning you.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. And I'll I'll do the elevator pitch version here. So, you know, my mother was a drug addict and alcoholic, um, at four years old, she actually cut off my right index finger so that kind of gives you baseline, right? Stepfather, super abusive. Um, I spent a lot of my childhood in poverty and homeless. Uh, in fact, I lived with 30 different families by the time I was 12 years old. Um, I got high for the first time when I was 12, drunk at 13, expelled from school for selling drugs. Um, and I, I, was, I was selling drugs. I was breaking into houses, stealing cars, running with the wrong kids. I was just trying to have community, right? But it's okay. also a product of where I come from. Luckily, I got put into a last chance program, still did not graduate high school on time. They basically handed me the diploma and they are like, you just got to get the hell out of here. And I was looking at my life and I was thinking about, well, what's the solution for poverty? What's the solution for homelessness? What's the solution for abuse? And I was like, oh, it's got to be money, right? Because that seems to be the catalyst for all this chaos. So I said, I'm going to make $100,000 a year legally. This is very important. My best friends were getting arrested. My uncle's in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs. I was like, it's got to be legally by the time I'm 21. Well, as I was 20 heading into 21, I landed a job with a fortune 10 company, no high school diploma, no college education, started making six figures. And my life turned into a disaster because that thing that happens when you get money happened to me and I hadn't done none of the work. And so I found myself 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep, and I went and I looked at myself in the mirror one morning. After laying in bed, eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint, and watching the CrossFit games, my rock bottom, I was like, okay, hold on. And when I looked in the bathroom mirror and I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the words, no excuses just started reverberating in my body. Well, what happened was from that moment, I got serious and I stopped negotiating with myself and I stopped making excuses. It took time. It wasn't like a 180 in the moment. But I got serious about therapy, group therapy, MDR, CBT, NLP. I got serious about going to personal development and conferences and reading the books. Podcasts weren't really a thing back then, but I was listening to podcasts. I was watching YouTube videos. I was getting education and trauma informed education. And fast forward 11 years from that moment of looking in the mirror, here I am talking to you running multiple businesses, coaching people around the world, having a number one best-selling book, being award-winning international speaker, having a top rated podcast, like all of these things. But it all started with me, like literally just looking at my life going, this is a disaster. I need help. I need to work on all the things that have happened to me. And I need to be vulnerable enough with myself to say, I can no longer do this on my own.
0: Wow. What, what, uh, what an incredible story there, Michael. And, and amazing how you thought money was the end all be all right you would make that 100k and then that would change the scenario but that internal battle was still waging obviously it was manifesting as as you were reaching that that 100k number overweight drinking smoking eating what i was a former crossfitter so i i kind of got a chuckle when you said hey i'm watching the crossfit games and you know i'm i'm Um, this way. And and all of a sudden you you kind of broke in the mirror. How painful was that just to come to that realization? Because it had to be a pretty, pretty dark moment in your life.
1: Well, you know, and and, then it wasn't, it wasn't that moment that felt so dark. It was the last 21 years of my life. Right. I mean, I was just used to it at that point. I think we all get to that place where we're just used to it. And I was used to it. I was like, oh, I don't show up for myself in relationships. I don't show up for myself in my personal body. I don't show up for myself in my goals and my mission, my vision. I just don't, I don't, I, I don't do it. What happened in that moment of looking in the mirror is I was just like, I'm done. I'm so done with myself. It was an act of disgust, to be honest with you, because I was just looking at my life and I was going, Every single day that you keep living like this, you're one step closer to death. I, I really think if I wouldn't have had that moment, I'd been I'd been dead by twenty nine. Like for real, I was I was just on this incredibly toxic trajectory. And so, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't the pain of that moment. It was the pain of the other ten thousand moments that had finally just struck the final chord.
0: Gotcha. OK. And you had that moment. Where did you start, right? Obviously, you had many different pieces to attack emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, all, all those pieces. W- what what path did you take and, and where did you start in, in a few spots?
1: Yeah, well, it started immediate with acknowledgement, right? Which I think people always want to go to action. And what I did in that moment, I looked at my life and I was like, oh, yeah, there's some dark stuff here, man. I mean, I gave you the two minute elevator pitch of my life, but man, the chaos of the things that I've endured and I've been through, they just carried so much weight. And I was trying to do that thing, Jeff. I was trying to man up, I was trying to put some dirt on it. I was trying to like figure it out on my own and and in acknowledging it, it wasn't about culpability. And I want people to understand this, like this nomenclature around the idea that you're culpable for the bad things that happen to you, like that has to change. If you don't change that in your own vernacular, if you don't change that in the way that you're talking to yourself, you're not going to be able to go to the next phase in your life. And so the acknowledgement was simply looking at my life and going, it's not my fault that I had the worst parents ever. It's not my fault that I was homeless. It's not my fault I had a learning disability. It's not my fault that I had to wear clothes from the goodwill and steal food to survive. That wasn't my fault. But, and here's where it got really interesting, man. I said, Everything from this moment forward is my fault. And that was what was such this really interesting moment of acknowledgement because I had to come to terms with I could no longer play the victim. It's easy to play the victim by all rights we deserve to when you've been through darkness, when you've been hurt, when you've been through suffering. But at some point, that's going to stop working for you. And in that moment, you're going to have to make a decision. And, and that's what acknowledgement did for me. It gave me the ability to make a decision that created a framework of acceptance. And in that acceptance, it was very much looking at life going, I accept the reality that I have put myself in this situation. and I also accept the reality that the only way I'm getting out is by doing the work. And through that, I started to think about what is it that I have to do? So now switching into a more practical sense, well, what do you do? Well, I'd been going to therapy, but for years I'd been lying to this therapist. I was literally paying this dude like hundreds of dollars and just telling him what I thought that he wanted to hear. So I felt good about myself. And so I said, okay, cool. Well, first and foremost, I got to go to find a therapist that I actually connect with that I can be serious about. And then I got to start doing physical work. I grew up, I wrestled, I played football, I played baseball, I played multiple sports. I was never like in high school, especially I was in great shape. And then I said to myself, wait a second, my problem is I'm scared of hard work. I'm scared of physical pain. A lot of that's because I suffered a lot of physical pain as a child. So I wanted to avoid it. And then I said, well, if you're avoiding the one thing that's keeping you from having the life that you want to have, you're never going to have it. And so I actually, I'm going to age myself a bit here. There was this thing that had just come out called Yoga for Regular Guys. Today, it's called DDP Yoga, Diamond Dallas Page. It's a huge movement in the yoga industry. And I got these DVDs aging myself. And I was in my living room by myself at 300 plus pounds doing yoga. And then that started to transform. I was like, oh, wait, maybe I can go into a studio. And Jeff, one of the most terrifying days of my whole life, I was the only dude who walked into a yoga. This is like 10 years ago. Guys did not do yoga 10 years ago. This room full of these sweaty, beautiful people. And here I am walking in just completely overweight, fear of shame, fear of guilt, filled of judgment, and recognizing like, wait a second, this is the place I'm supposed to be. None of those people were judgmental. None of those people were unkind to me. They were, if anything, empathetic, and they were like, "We are here to support you." And so it was—it was a parlay, right? It, what, it was like, "Okay, what I need to do to get inside of my body and get inside of my mind and start to course correct." And so it was a—it was a connection of both those things.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I love the acknowledgement, and I relate that to when you don't get true to what has happened or acknowledge it, you don't have that jumping off point. You're kind of just floating in space, right? You don't have any, any base to jump off and, and then move forward with. So that, that was, uh, that was incredible. And I can definitely picture going into a a yoga studio. I've done it before a couple of years ago. And even at that point, as, as a man, there aren't many other men that are in there. So it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. And I love the, the mind body connection, right? Right. That that's just so, so important in anybody's journey and, and their path towards success is being able to, to run fast. You've got to be physical. You've got to be in shape and the mental game day in and day out. That's the, that's the battle we wage behind the scenes that nobody sees, but, but we all face it and we all battle mm-hmm. it on a, on a daily basis. So, you know, obviously you've got, you've got this story. So explain, and I know you want to talk about how to own your story instead of it owning you. Shape that for a little bit and position it for, for the audience and, and what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, look, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, and this comes back to this playing the victim role idea, right? We we have a choice to make. Every single day you can play the victim. You can blame the world. By all means, you're allowed to. And I'm not telling you not to, but I'm just saying that if you look at your life and you start your day by blaming everyone around you, your life will never be different. And, and that is very much your story owning you because you wake up and you go, ah, another day. I can't believe this. I'm poor. I'm not living up to my own expectations. It's my teacher's fault. My mom's fault. The school's fault. The community's fault. It's the government's fault. It's Obama's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Right. And if you're living in that scope, you're being owned. You're being owned because you haven't stepped into this thing that I call your power, right? People are always like, take your power back. Well, what does that actually mean? Well, you have to define that. You have to define what it means to create your values, right? And I think the the pendulum swing of stepping into your power, of creating the life that you want to have because you want to have it, and living into being the hero of your own story and taking ownership over your future starts with your values. If you cannot name your values, you are not going to be successful in life. You go look at anyone who has created massive success in their life. They have these pillars in which they stand. It's the old adage. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And, And this hit me really hard one day. I was listening to this podcast like eight years ago and they were talking about values. I was like, what is that? I have no idea what this is. And at the end of it, I literally went on dictionary.com and I just started looking up words that I was like, oh, this is a word I think I am and started self-defining it. Now, those words have changed over time as I get closer and deeper into understanding who I am. And today it's honesty, kindness, leadership, self-actualization and no excuses. Those are my values. That is how I operate in the world. And so because of that, this is where I'm going to like really give somebody something practical. Nice. In having values, this creates the formulation for how you operate in decision making and all the things that you do. Because when you operate through the scope of your value system, you will never be wrong. Because you will never question the decisions that you're making because you've filtered them through. Am I being honest? Am I being kind? Am I being a leader? Am I being self-actualized? Am I making excuses or not? Hmm. Well, that parlays with my values. And then so because of that, you start to step into ownership in your life. And now you're starting to own your narrative. You're owning the story. You're owning your now and you're owning your future, Right. Also, you're owning your past again, that acknowledgement, that acceptance thing. So, the deeper that you get into living life on your terms, Jeff, I'm going to tell you something that when I share with people, they go, I don't understand this. I only do what I want to do, and I never do what I don't want to do. That doesn't mean I don't do little things that are tedious and boring because, you know, I'm running businesses and things like that. Of course, you do. Right. But But the major things, the impactful things, the things that create a trajectory change in your life, I filter those things through my value system and I sit down with them. And at the end of the day, I put my head on my pillow and I go, I don't have the stress or the worry of the world of being in conflict with myself because I made the hard decisions that filtered through those values. Do you want to own your story? You want to own your future. You want to own your life. You want to build something that matters, that has substance because you want it, not because of anyone else. That starts with your value system.
0: Now, I love that. And I love the process of going through and defining your values. And and I would say 90, 95% of people that operate out there have no idea what their value systems are. So as you were going through that discovery I am a huge fan of post-it notes. My late mother had every color post-it note in the in the book. I have values over my office doors, you know, relentless energy, passion, like those types of things. Were you giving yourself reminders all all the time as you were starting to go through that that process of self-discovery and living by your values?
1: Yeah, 100%. And and just for context, since we happen to be on video here and I know some people are listening, these are my notebooks. I exist. There are three different notebooks here with three different colors. And I have a fourth one where I take all of these things, all these ideas, all these concepts, all these things that I'm trying to figure out about myself. And I write them down because when you write them down, you can create meaning around them. And when you create meaning around them, energy goes to where attention is. Right. And so it's always a constant reminder. It's a constant evolution. It's a constant, like even here, man, like I have these Sorry, I have these binary statements right in front of me where I'll give you an example. Every single day I look at life through yes and no. I think there's gray area for a lot of life, but I think for the majority of it, it's very binary. Yes or no. So I write down these things and I read them every day. I'm a person that will do anything within my value system and the law, which is important, to obtain my goals, Right. right? And there's nine more of those. I'm always trying to make meaning, create structure. We live in a world where there's no handbook. No one gives you a guide and you get out of high school, you get out of college and you're like, what am I supposed to do? Nobody told me, nobody explained to me what it is that it means to be a human being in society and to live life with moral character and value and meaning and purpose and drive and ambition. You have to define that for yourself. You know, I tell people all the time, there's nobody coming to save you. There is no Disney moment. Whatever it is that you want in your life, you are going to have to create from the foundation up. Now, part of that is you're gonna have to listen to a guy like Jeff and you're gonna have to take a leadership course and you're gonna have to go get the book and you're gonna have to listen to the podcast and blah, 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 blah. You need people in front of you to help guide you through this. But ultimately it's having this amazing and innate sense of self-awareness and self-definition that you're gonna create who you are.
0: I love that. I love those those pieces as well as, the reminders that you're, you've are you got and you're saying them, you're constantly refining, constantly working. And that truly, I feel, is falling in love with the process, right? And, and just always being in that growth mindset, that mindset that I'm going to get better, I'm going to continue to improve. And over time, yes, do, do you not hit the grand slam home run that everybody wants to hit, the quick six-pack abs, but you know, as well as I do, that doesn't stick. So Stop chasing that. Just do the disciplined work on a daily basis and, and amazing things can happen. And that brings to leadership. And I know you, you wanted to talk about a little bit about leadership and why being vulnerable is so important in leadership.
1: Yeah, it's everything. I mean, you know, we, we as human beings, we we can read people a mile away right? And if you want to be an effective leader, if you want to be someone who people look up to, if you want to be someone who stands right there leading the way, you're going to have to be vulnerable with people. You're going to, and I don't mean you got to spill your life out on the table in this like gross way that we see happen on social media, but you're going to have to talk about being scared. You're going to have to talk about fear. You're going to have to talk about failures. But you're also going to have to talk about success, and the, you know, here's what's fascinating to me, Jeff. People hide their success as much as they hide their failures, and it's like you you gotta own that you've done great things. People want that, and it's not and it's not a thing where you're like um, egotistical, right? It's not a thing where you're malice. Like own you. If you don't believe in yourself, who will, right? But, but, but being a leader means that you have to, in the same way that you own yourself, you have to fall on your sword. You have to be willing to say, I don't have the answers. You have to be the one to stay up till two o'clock in the morning, solving the equation. You have to be the one that every single day, leadership is one of my values because I looked at my life and I said, I was a follower. Hmm. That's all I did. If you, Jeff, I loved your favorite band. I loved your favorite clothes. I loved your favorite food. I had no identity. And so I thought about that for a long time. I said, what does it mean to be me? It means to live my life in this terms of leading from inside first. That means standing to your word and sticking to your guns. And when you say dumb things, owning them, because I promise you, you're going to. Right. And so in that scope of vulnerability, it's also about being able to acknowledge um, with empathy and with sympathy sometimes and with saying I made a mistake. I don't know everything, but I'm willing to figure it out and I'm willing to guide and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help make the mission complete. And so, you know, at the end of the day, like, and and I'll say this, you don't have to lead people. You don't have to lead teams. You don't have to do that, but you do have to lead yourself. And if you're looking in that mirror and you're not keeping it real, you're never going to do that. So le- leadership is so much of this internal trait that starts with just getting super clear about who you are, not making excuses, using vulnerability as a tool and an asset, not vomiting your crap on the world, and just stepping into it and going every single day, I'm willing to learn.
0: I love that. I And so one question I had for you is you talked about hey you were a follower way back when. Did you have... Just this uncomfortableness with it, right? Did you kind of feel like, man, there's this uneasiness I know I'm following, but there's something more? Did, did you have any of those types of, of thoughts or emotions as you were going through?
1: Yeah, all the time. You know, I always felt just like a farce, man. It always felt so weird to me to be around kids or around groups or around peers or or people in my early 20s and just being like, I don't want to be in this room right now. I don't want to be in this situation. I don't want to be at this concert or this bar or this event or watch this movie. I was terrified to say no because of judgment, because of shame, because of feeling like I'd be the outsider, dude, I am the outsider. I'm six foot four covered in tattoos. I talk about kindness. Come on, man. I am the outsider. Yeah. So I own it. I, I go great. That's who I am. And, and I, and I, I, one of the things that happened that was so incredibly impactful in my life, I stopped caring what people think about me. And that changed my life forever. But that was a hard thing at first because we're communal species. You know, you get ostracized from the pack, like you're dead. Right. And then I was like, wait a second. It's 2020. It's 2017. It's 2015. Like I don't have to, you don't like me. I don't care. Jeff, if you don't like me, I don't care. What does that have to do with me? You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean I'm not going to serve. That doesn't mean I'm not going to show up. That doesn't mean I'm not going to try to create impact in the world. But that place where where we bend ourselves to appease other people, like that is the most dangerous place to exist because I, I think that that is really the opposite of leadership.
0: I, I love it. And I, I'm definitely, I have two sons. I'm definitely going to share this episode with them so they can hear it, understand it, take it in because I think it's so critical as you're growing up to, to have these types of voices and these types of ideas, because I know I didn't, I brought up, you know, that uneasiness in that, because I was in the same boat. I followed a lot of everything, but I always felt like a, square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And I, I just, even in, in corporate America, I felt the same way. Like I didn't want to be in this, this large meeting. Like this wasn't for me. So I, I just brought that up to see if you had, had, a, uh, had a similar experience. So Michael, this has been awesome. Where can, uh, where can people find you, find your podcast, your book? I know you wanted to give away something free to the audience.
1: Yeah. So I'm on all the social medias at Michael Unbroken. Um, that's everywhere. Um, and Think Unbroken podcast is on all the platforms. You can go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And if you sign up for the newsletter there, um, you can download my book for free. Um, it's you know It was a book I wrote to be a, a companion to people on their healing journey. It's not my story. It's very much a 101. It's very practical. Um, so you just go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com and you can download it.
0: Awesome. Michael, thank you. Uh, thank you for being on the show.
1: My pleasure, my friend. Thank you.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act, choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you.